Mark chapter 9, verses uh, 33 through 37. We're going to be talking about being great according to Jesus. And uh, as we are looking at this text, I want to just remind moms and dads that uh, your children are looking at the same text in heat wave this morning. Uh, so you'll uh, be able to to ask them questions as to what they learned uh, during this service this morning. Last week, it was really cool. We talked about forgiveness and uh, Jesus forgiving the uh, the woman caught in adultery. Well, the children painted forgiveness rocks uh, last uh, last Sunday in Heat Wave, and I think they're taking those home today. But uh, let's look at um, verses 33 through 37. The Bible says, And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and a servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Now, you might be thinking this morning, this this passage sounds very familiar to uh, what we looked at a couple weeks ago. We did look at childlike faith. It requires childlike faith to enter the kingdom of heaven. But this morning, we're going to be talking about um, who is the greatest in God's kingdom. What what uh, What is God's standard for greatness when it comes to his kingdom? And uh, this conversation that was occurring uh, has come on the heels of uh, Jesus being with three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John. And we looked at that story a couple weeks ago in the Transfiguration. Uh, when Jesus was at ma- on that mountaintop and Jesus was transfigured before their eyes and the disciples had heard the voice of God, coming down that mountain, Jesus said, now I don't want you to tell anybody what uh, you've just encountered here. And so here we see the disciples now coming into Capernaum, and there's been a conversation occurring. And uh, I can just imagine that uh, this conversation was initiated by Peter, James, and John, said, you know, telling the, the rest of the guys, hey guys, we, we saw something up on the mountaintop, but we can't... We can't tell you lowly disciples what our eyes have seen and heard. And, you know, had that, that comment been made, you know, I can understand the, um, the conversation that has occurred on their way to Capernaum of them arguing over who is the greatest. And so Jesus, once they get to Capernaum, he knows what they've been talking about. He's been overhearing their conversation, but he asks the question, what were you discussing on the way? And I love their response. 
But they kept silent. For on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. I think they were rather embarrassed about their conversation. Here are these grown adults arguing over who is the greatest among the twelve. And they are caught in their tracks and they remain silent. Um, you know, that's one of the things I love about the Gospels. Is these disciples. They're rather self-deprecating. They don't take themselves very seriously. And they have a tendency of showing their true colors in the Gospels. You know, they're not trying to uh, necessarily show their best side. Here we see uh, some of their worst. Uh, their, uh, the, I, I've entitled this section, the, the Disciples' Selfie Syndrome. Um, they're just totally focused on themselves. Can you imagine this kind of conversation taking place among your circle of friends today? Seriously. Can you see this conversation occurring? I mean, how juvenile is this topic of conversation? Now, you would expect, I, you know, I would expect that at children's camp. You know, with uh, eight to ten-year-olds and trying to uh, boast about how they're better than their friends. But for adults, grown adults, seriously. Now, I might, they might have a conversation over who's the best fisherman. You know, I might have that kind of conversation with my friends. But who's the greatest in God's kingdom? I don't see that conversation occurring today. But this is what is occurring here. And this is, this is the mentality of whom Jesus is working with. And, and, and if you read on in Mark chapter 10, you see the depths of the disciples' depravity. James and John want their mother to go to Jesus and ask if they can sit at Jesus' right and left hand. They want mommy to go to Jesus and get permission. Can you imagine? Here are these grown men's asking their mom to be their spokesperson. Amazing. But again, we see the self-deprecating nature of these disciples, and it just continues to communicate to us, it's not about us, it's all about the grace of God and what He can save us from. But what an amazing, what an amazing story. So, what is the point of this story? The point of the story is this. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you've got to be a servant. And not just a servant to those who are most convenient in your life. Jesus says, you've got to be a servant 
of all. He must be last of all, verse 35, and servant of all. It's that willingness to be last. Not by getting people to serve you, but you becoming a servant to them. A servant to all. Now, this isn't the culture of this day. And we need to kind of give the, 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 the disciples a bit of a break here. Because this culture is steeped in spiritual pride. Who are their role models when it comes to greatness? And being um, the greatest in the kingdom. The role models are the Pharisees. You know, these are the ones who bring all the attention to themselves. And they exalt themselves over everyone else. And so, in the, in the people's mind, you know, this is the epitome of the spiritual life. And those who are in that category are very proud, very arrogant of who they have become. I mean, they walk around with phylacteries, little boxes on their heads to memorize and meditate on various passages of Scripture. I mean, you know who they are just by the things that they wear. Um, They love to express how much they're giving to, to God's work. They'll go to the temple and they'll come with bags of change, of coins, and they will pour them into uh, receptacles that are very loud and magnify the, the coins that are being poured into these boxes. And it gets everybody's attention. Look how spiritual they are. Look how much God has blessed them. Look how much they're loving God back. It's totally bringing attention to themselves. When they fast and when they pray, you know, they want everybody to know it. And so they'll throw ash on their head so that you know what they're up to, what's happening in their life at the moment. And they love to uh, pray uh, public prayers, long, uh, re- repetitious public p- prayers, so that people see how spiritual they are. And so this is the spiritual climate of Jesus' day. And so I can totally understand why the disciples would have had that conversation among themselves. Who's going to be the greatest in, in God's kingdom? There's no church. There's no one other than Jesus teaching an alternative point of view. And when it comes to God's kingdom and Jesus coming, Jesus says it is upside down. It is not as as the way of the culture and the world. To be in great in my kingdom is not about how many people serve you, but greatness is my kingdom, Jesus says, is 
how many people are you serving? And Jesus expects his followers to be servants of all. And so here are the disciples. They're following Jesus, and they know that Jesus is the Messiah. And I can see their pride welling up, you know, that they know things that other people don't know. And uh, because they're insiders, God's going to show them favors. And good things are going to happen in their life. And Jesus just wants to set these people to the side and teach them, guys, to be my follower, to be great in my kingdom means that you are going to have to serve. You have to be willing to become last. You have to pick up your cross deny yourself, and follow me. And he reminds them over and over again that just continues to be alien, an alien thought to them. And again, it's because there's no church. There's no alternative teaching. They're looking at their role models and thinking this is the way it is going to be when Jesus rules and reigns physically on earth. But Christianity is a radical faith. It's not about being first. It's about being last. Luke 22, verses 25 through 27, Jesus says, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table according to culture? Yet I am among you as the one who serves." Jesus is redefining greatness. And it will be according to the number of people whom you serve and not whom serves you. <clears throat> I want to share with you a video right now that uh, is not the way of becoming great in God's kingdom. Let's turn off the lights and let's show this video. What's up with your box? That's not mine. Oh, well, how long has it been here? Since before I got here. I don't know. It's not my. It's not my problem. Well, what is it? It's a problem. Oh, a problem. Right. Well, should I look at it? Knock yourself out. Uh, but you might want to think about that. Oh, why? Well, like I said, that's a problem. Well, whose problem is it? I don't know. It was here before I got here. So you don't know whose it is? No, and honestly, I don't really care. I've got more important things to do. Well, someone has to care. I mean, it can't just sit here forever. It's got to be someone's problem. Why? Why does it have to be someone's problem? Just don't look at it. Pretend it's not even there. Hey, (laughs) there is no problem. What? That doesn't make any sense. 
to me. Okay, wait. So what you're saying is it, it's not your problem. Right. And it's not my problem. Yeah. Then whose problem is it? How many Christians have that kind of attitude? Well, it's not my problem, so I'm just going to ignore it. You know, when it comes to greatness in God's kingdom, Jesus wants us to be servants. And not just servants of what's convenient, but servants of all. And when we see a problem, we help solve that problem. If we see a piece of I like what my former pastor, I'm kind of hot in this microphone right now. I don't know if I'm turned up. I like what my former pastor said in, at Emmanuel and Highland. Um, you know, when it came to uh, serving on staff and uh, pa- being one of the pastors of the church, uh, even though that you weren't the senior pastor, you know, still act like you own the store. Uh, if as you're walking around and, and you see a need or there's, there's a, a something to pick up or to to fix or something. Don't have the attitude, well, it's not my problem. No, a servant is willing to make it his problem. To to act like you own the store and take care of it. And it's not just with physical things around the church property, but it's with people as well. Jesus would have us to be a servant of all. So to be great... In God's kingdom means this, being over choosing. Being over choosing. When we choose to serve, you know what, we're still in charge. You know, we're, we're gonna decide whom we will serve and, and how often we will serve, when we will serve. You know, because if we're not in charge, we're going to worry about uh, people taking advantage of us, treating us like a servant. And we don't like to be treated like a servant. And so that's, that's our attitude, that's our heart when we choose to serve. And Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture, no, it's not about choosing to serve. It's about being a servant. Being last. Serving all. I had the opportunity to watch two people this week at camp. Not just choose to be a servant. But be a servant. Uh, Alice, is Alice, Alice is over here. She was one of the counselors for the girl along with my daughter. And, uh, Pete Thibodeau right over there. They were both servants. Alice, Alice took a week of vacation from her job to be a fifth grade or sixth grade girls camp counselor. I could think of a whole lot of other things that I could do with a week's worth of vacation other than being a counselor for sixth grade girls. 
But it wasn't about Alice. It was about those girls. And she cared for those girls. And she knew where those girls were at every moment. And she made sure that there was sunscreen on all those girls. Now, it was up to the girls to make sure that that sunscreen got on. But she made sure that they had sunscreen and bug spray and were in the cabin at the right time and at their place. She served. She served well. And then there's Pete over there. Pete, when he found out that uh, River uh, was in the hospital and that Nathan was going to be unable to go to camp and that I was going to be all alone (laughs) in that cabin with those boys... Uh, Pete called Nathan and said, Pete, uh, Nathan, Nathan, is there anything I can do? Uh, can I go in your place as a counselor? And I tell you, Pete was a blessing. He wasn't not, he wasn't just a blessing to the kids in our church that went. He was a, he was a blessing to the whole camp. He brought so much energy and life, and he was such an encourager to the kids and the counselors. And uh, you need to go to the church Facebook page, the Children's Ministry Facebook page, and just look at all those pictures, but go to the videos and watch Pete <laughs> on those videos. He was fun. To watch, and he was he was acknowledged uh, among the camp staff at the at the end of the week. But both of them were servants. Me, I wasn't that great of a servant. I got paid to be there. I got paid to be good. These guys were good for nothing. They were being servants. And Jesus says, guys, if you want to be great in my kingdom, stop looking at the Pharisees. Stop looking at today's culture and what has been steeped in tradition for all these years. It's not about your religious arrogance and firstness and having to win at everything and and telling everybody else what to do. It's by getting a towel and washing others' feet. And that brings us to the second point of this message. That requires humility. Absolute humility. You've got to swallow your pride and be willing to be a slave to others. Leonard Bernstein, famous uh, conductor of the New York uh, Philharmonic Orchestra, years ago was asked this question, what's the hardest instrument to play? And Without a twinge of hesitation, Leonard Bernstein said, second fiddle. He says this, second fiddle with as much enthusiasm or second French horn or second flute. Now that's a problem. 
And yet if no, no one plays second fiddle, we have no harmony. We gotta be willing to play second fiddle. And that's whom God is looking for. God is not looking for the most articulate or the most handsome or the strongest or the greatest athlete or the greatest parent. Yada, yada, yada. God is looking for the heart that's humble. The heart that's broken. The heart that is needy for him. Micah 6, 8 says, What does the Lord require of you but to walk humbly with your God? Jesus says on two different occasions in Luke 14 and 18, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. James chapter 4, verse 6 God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In verse 10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. On that last night before Jesus was crucified, he wanted to give one last lesson to his disciples on leadership and greatness in his kingdom. And the Bible says he took a towel. The God of the universe did what servants were supposed to do. He took a towel and a bowl of water and he washed the disciples' feet. They were filthy, stinky feet. All they had was sandals, and they walked on dirt roads wherever they went. Yet Jesus stooped, and he washed each of his disciples' feet, including the traitor who sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus washed his feet as an example for all of us. If you want to be great, get a towel. And don't just serve those who are most convenient and when it's most convenient for you. But be last and serve everyone. If that's your attitude, God will exalt you. And you won't be concerned about being exalted here because it's not about you. But God will exalt you there. I want to conclude with Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, Therefore, if any of you have encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, 
then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And if we all have that kind of attitude, Jesus is going to be magnified in this place. People are going to come and see that we love one another and that we love them. And when we receive them in his name, that's being great in God's kingdom. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And and there are so many people in this church who reflect this passage of scripture. And what a blessing they are. And God, some of them are elderly and have been in this church for decades. And physically, they are not able to do what they have done for decades. But God, it still shows on their countenance, their love for you and their love for others. And God, you definitely haven't forgotten. And one day they are going to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your salvation. And how many saints have gone before us and have heard those very words. Thank you, Father, for the blessing they've been to all of us. God, may we not be spectators and just watch everybody else do what needs to be done in this church and reaching people for Christ and teaching children the truth of your word and helping them to live a life that will be pleasing and glorifying to you. God, help us to humble ourselves and be last. Serve all. Allow others to treat us like servants, slaves. Because Jesus, that's how you allowed people to treat you. Thank you for that breakthrough. It's showing us what the kingdom is really like and, and uh, not the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. God, you called them out. God, help us not to be like that. It's so easy to default to that. And I'm guilty of that over and over. May we swallow our pride and get the towel and wash feet.
to the glory of God. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship in your word and with each other this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.